What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Welcome to it. Sorry if my audio is not as good as it usually is. Um, And also sorry for the fact that you're not getting intro music this week because I forgot all of my podcasting equipment. I'm currently staying at my fiance's house. So all I have right now is my computer. So uh, give us a one week buffer here. This is uh, this is my fault. Sorry about that, folks. But nonetheless, we will bring you as much hockey content as we can as we gear up for the NHL Stanley Cup finals. But let's get into it. Episode 78, the grand finale. That's it right there. Uh, Episode 78, Mark Pouliot. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, One of the absolute weakest entries on the list. Pouillat gets the edge despite being a draft bust. His 57 points doesn't look like it would be enough to find yourself here, but having only seven players ever to wear the number 78 helps his case. Welcome to an episode of Mark Pouillat. Adam, Matt, how we doing, boys? What's up? Guys, it's it's, it's summer. Like, summer it's solstice summer. is, like, next week. Like, for- Yeah, I think so. The 23rd, 22nd, when's that? Is that when that is? Because that's when I go on vacation. That's kind of- I'm almost positive it's the 22nd. Yeah. Think so. We're we're approaching yeah. the turn, the latter half of summer, and we're approaching the dog days. Uh, of course, we got the Stanley Cup Finals to talk about, and I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, really yeah. excited about this series. I uh, think this- we're gonna be able to look back at this series and be like, "Wow, this was a great Stanley Cup Final." It is probably going to be one of the best Stanley Cup finals in the last five years or so, maybe less than five years. Um, but, you know, like, I'm not saying that the, uh, you know, the I, I really liked St. Louis, Boston. I thought that was a great series. Uh, yeah. It went the distance, but I'm pretty sure any series that the Tampa Bay Lightning have been involved in the last two years was arguably relatively boring because you almost saw what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the writing is, was kind of on the walls. This is clear cut their toughest challenge. It is going to be their toughest challenge in, the, you know, I guess Stanley Cup winning era that Tampa Bay has found themselves in. For those of you that didn't know, Tampa Bay's in the finals, but we'll get there. Surprise. Said. Surprise, a shock to the world, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, <laughs> we have some NHL notes to touch on from elsewhere in the league. I know that we're gearing up for the Stanley Cup finals here, but don't worry, other things have happened. Um, for example, Bruce Cassidy, who we reported literally last week, got fired, has been hired by the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, their next head coach is going to be Bruce Cassidy. The team announced today, Tuesday, the day they were recording, uh, he is going to be their head coach. I do not know how long um, or if his contract has been signed quite yet. Uh, I don't know if they announced that yet. I don't know. I do not believe uh, eight days, six days. Here is the uh, statement from general manager Kelly McCriminan. I always do that. McCriminan last name. Kelly McCrimmon. Just the one Um, quote. The Golden Knights are very pleased to have Bruce come in to coach our team. His success in Boston over six years is extremely impressive. His teams have had a clear identity having been among the very best in the NHL in terms of goals for goals against goal differential and special teams. This is the right coach for our team at this time. Boy, I'll tell you what I do think. And you know, I don't know when we were talking about it, but I feel like we were already talking about it. The pot, like when head coaches have to fit identities that already exist in a team, right. Or create them. Or create, or create them, but, you know, where gold, the Golden Knights are with the pocketbook that they have spent, they're kind of like, this is who we are. We better start winning. I think Bruce Cassidy is a good call here. It's uh, – it's, it's, I don't know if it will be their biggest change. Like, if we're going to be looking at next season and be like, wow, Bruce Cassidy really just – made the Vegas Golden Knights back into a top tier contender like a lot of it has to deal with like them staying healthy of course right getting the right goaltending if it's from Robin Leonard or it's from somebody else um you know I think it will be a good fit but 
there might be another coach who goes to another team and has a better turnaround. Sure. Uh, but I mean, you look at the, the big names in head coaching, you know, your Barry Trotz's, your John Tortorella's. I don't think either of them fit the scheme that Vegas is going for. I think Bruce Cassidy is probably your best fit as far as the free agent coaching market. Adam, what do you think? I could agree with that. Um, I mean, really, I, it's not that much different from the team he just left in Boston. Really, if you, you kind of look at them on paper, you have your strong, you know, scoring forwards. Uh, the defense is probably a big improvement compared to the Bruins. Um, and goaltending is iffy. Out even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really, he's going just from one lake to the same lake, just a couple of streams down the, the way. Yeah, you know, he goes from one coast to the next, but both teams have a relatively similar identity, which is why I think Bruce Cassidy might thrive here, because it's not – obviously, you have new players, new staff, you get it. But when it really comes down to it, you kind of, like Adam was saying, you break down the rosters – they're relatively similar teams in the way they've been constructed, the way they've been built. But what Bruce Cassidy has now is a team who is not going to ever stop spending. Yeah, no. Like Boston has its limits. Unless something like drastically drastically tragic happens to like their ownership. Sure, right. They they find out they're a bunch of like scumballs, scumbags laundering money and like all that stuff well who knows it is vegas after all but yeah, yeah exactly. um, <laughs> it's like someone that has inside knowledge fish what do you know because you're trying I'm to share something i'm here? just you know things knowing news. how owners have been over sports a lot of them do it right but you know there are a few of them all you all you reference it from former philadelphia eagle owner leonard toes um, leonard toes we're big degenerate. Was was huge not, degenerate. Huge degenerate. Big old degen. So uh, it happens, but uh, I mean, Vegas has been a huge success to the league, so it's very doubtful. But yeah, it's doubtful because of a the amount of money and success that Vegas has brought, not only to the league but to their own city. Uh, the the vast fan base they have now built off of what this team has built. And also you look at it, you know, Kelly McCrimmon gets to hire a new head coach. So it pretty much always means your GM's not getting fired if he had the ability to go hire a coach. Um, and also you look at it on paper, the Golden Knights are supposed to be better than how this year went. Now they did hit the injury bug. You know, Jack Eichel didn't reach the team until late. They, you know, had some goaltending issues and stuff like that. But, you know, arguably still a competitive team, still a team that can make the playoffs. Uh, maybe not a division winning team right now as as their you know roster stands, but definitely a playoff team, definitely a wild card contender, a team that can make it to the playoffs. Um, but, you know, honestly, much like Boston in a way. So I, I feel good for Bruce Cassidy in the way that his job isn't really changing. It's not like he's coaching a, a brand new idea of how to coach a team would be. However, you look at, you know, who just left Pete DeBoer and who's coming in, Bruce Cassidy. You're also looking at, like, your division, who your rivals are. That sure. changes. Sure. Your travel schedule, I think that changes drastically. I mean, you're talking about these West Coast teams. <clears throat> they, they have to travel extensively. So yeah, and, and that, that, that's a definitely a thing you a person has to adjust. Right. And, and kind of what I was saying is, you know, Pete DeBoer leaves, Bruce Cassidy comes in. Is there really that much of a difference between those two coaching styles? I feel like Bruce Cassidy's way more. Um, we'll see man. what I'm looking for. I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I feel like Cassidy's a lot more consistent than DeBoer. Sure. But, you know, DeBoer's highs are high. And DeBoer's highs are higher than Cassidy's. However, his lows are lower than Cassidy's. If you the know problem, you're right, like the problem with the board, I think is his highs are one season. That's true. Like going off that statement you made, thing a lot of like we can all talk about systems for <clears> players <throat> and you know who effectiveness and this and that. A lot of it is just basically getting the message across. 
That's right. like a, a vast majority of what coaching is. So we could, you know, a system could work either way. A lot of it is if the, if the message isn't getting across, then. Right. Uh, if if you can't implement your, if you can't implement your system, it's never going to work. Right. Um, and I agree with you there, but uh, good for Bruce Cassidy getting hired and good for the Golden Knights not dilly-dallying around uh, in the head coaching find. They, they do what they do best. They go for the big fish. Yep, yep. Uh, I, not I Matt think fish. There was, Matt Fish has to stay here. I think there was a bigger fish in the pond, um, but hey, Bruce Cassidy was one of the three larger fish mm. that are out there uh, so I, I as i was looking at this i i saw um a tweet come up that someone said uh it's baffling to me that the bruins are looking at a coaching market that checks notes have coaches vastly inferior than bruce cassidy <laughs> well i don't know if i would call barry trotz vastly inferior to bruce i cassidy might have added the myself. vastly the inferior um, part was certainly there yeah, but you know, you you do look at it a little bit there, and you're like, are any of these other head coaches better than Bruce Cassidy? I think that comes down to the thing Fish brought up, and that's getting your system in place. And I have a very good suspicion that Bruce Cassidy and uh, Bruce Cassidy either lost the room, or ownership felt that Cassidy lost the room. And once right. either of those two <clears> things <throat> happen you're done before you can even blink. Yeah. You're so out of a job and it's going to happen so fast. Or in Cassidy's case, you're done before you can even invite the owner into your house. Yep. Yep. Um, and <laughs> that's just, <laughs> it's sometimes that's how it goes, especially in hockey. You lose the locker room. It's pretty much done for you. Coaches um, don't give a coaches are a revolving door in this sport. It will never really change. I mean, yeah, we can look at like John Cooper as being a great example. Maurice. Uh, yeah. Paul Maurice has stayed a long time in Winnipeg. Uh, the man who was in Detroit, who has been there for the last like six, they just let him go, but he was there for, you know, a really long time. It wasn't getting any results. Um, it's just oh. a big re- revolving door. And, uh, you know, people get hired and fired all the time. Speaking of uh, speaking of Detroit, like I said, Barry Trout's in Detroit. You heard it here first. Um, first. I I don't know why this just kind of clicked in my brain, but how do we feel about Paul Maurice in Detroit? Not the worst idea of all time, but if you can, if you're in Detroit, you you need to go try to get Barry Trout's. But uh, I mean, fair. We gotta save that content for the off season, boys. We need something to talk about. Um, so we we're, we're going to move forward we're here. Talk about each other's day. Yeah, we're it's just going to get on here. Giant dinner table. We're going to have a plate in front of us, and we're just going to eat. You're going to hear us chill <laughs> and like drink, and it's not gonna, that's not going to be great. But when we ask about each other's day, <laughs> going to be an that's awesome. That's that's we, we're going to bring we're going to bring hockey content to you, whether whether. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it chat and chew. You're gonna hear us belch frequently. Uh, it's it's pretty much gonna be grotesque uh, in all honesty, but uh, uh, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be a great off season for the pod. Hopefully, we can get together and shoot pucks at Max's face. Okay. Yeah, man. I mean, my my uh, my wrister is so refined right now. It's not. I would it's bet firing a glass at this point. Um, but either way, I digress. Enough about us. Some more about the NHL. We that move forward to talk about the salary cap. Uh, I, pretty much oh. a, a vicious hot-button topic pretty much always uh, in the NHL. How it's never moving, how the, you know, the, the escrow is killing the, the contracts that players could be making, how NHL contracts are never going to, you know, surmount to other leagues' contracts. Well... According to Alan Walsh, a bit of a different story. Adam, would you like to fill us in? Yeah, so I was listening to uh, Agent Provocateur, a uh, podcast on the SDPN featuring Alan Walsh. It's basically his podcast. And um, he was telling, you know, stories based on the playoffs and everything. And they got to talking about the salary cap. And based on what he knows – what he's heard from other general managers around around the league because he's in those offices and has those conversations almost on a regular basis. Um, It's sounding like 
with how the revenue has gone, they are slowly chipping away at the escrow. And the way things are on pace for right now, we're looking at about 2024, 2025. That should all be paid off. And at that point, he expects the salary cap to jump a whopping $10 million more than where it would currently stand. So if we go on the pace we're going on, which is about a million dollar increase every year by 2025, maybe 2026, but he said 2025 is when he expects it to make this jump. We could be looking at a 95, a nine and a five million dollar cap. Holy shit. So be like, on the lookout. I feel like that's the time, like you're looking at a lot of these rookies who are kind of shining. And that's when their you know rookie contracts are going to be up and they're going to be looking to sign with their teams or you know sign somewhere else. And that's like your Trevor Zegras's, your most siders, your Cole Caulfields. You know, yeah, these, the these fan, kids Cam are – Yeah, Moore. man. Um, like those those kids. And then Spencer Knight, that's another option for, you know, mm-hmm. that should be around this time that uh, their contracts are up and uh, time to look for some more money. These kids are gearing up to get paid and paid, paid. So you look at this salary cap situation, right? Escrow gets paid off. The salary cap goes through the absolute roof. How do you think this actually affects the spending of teams? Do you think – that around the league you're going to see all-stars with massive contracts or around the league we're going to have more well-rounded teams because there's more money to be spent. Well, well my dad my dad told me an interesting uh stat he's he's like he's like now that uh he's like I think it was just after the Western Conference <laughs> final and he goes now that uh now in the playoffs there's nobody who's spending more than like nine million dollars on the players in the playoffs, right? Like so, like that. Like that's a pretty big statement. Like you got guys like you know in Tampa, like Corey Perry making a million dollars, contributing very nicely in the playoffs, and it's a, uh, it's a big showing that like you know you got to spend money wisely, right? And you know even with this, and that's why I brought up the question because. You think about this massive salary cap increase, right? You think about star players getting absolutely atrocious amounts of money, right? But, you know, my question would be maybe owners take a look at this increase and go, okay, we have this money that we can spend. Let's round this team out better. Let's do what Tampa has done or let's do what Colorado has done or most – Stanley Cup winning teams have done arguably on smaller salary caps, but get those second line, third line contributors, guys who definitely aren't first liners by any means, but will contribute healthily to a good deep team. Let's pay them that little bit extra to get them to want to come here and round out this team. Do you guys think that might be a strategy moving forward? Or you just think that these guys, these kids like cider and Caulfield and Spencer Knight, and Cam York, do you think these guys just go, you know, and um, Lemieux, do you think these guys are just going to get absolutely disgusting contracts? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's t- it all depends on how they play, really. Like, I mean, you got to look at, like, maybe a chance, like a kid who's going to get drafted next year, Connor Bernard comes in, you know, that period hits, and then, like, he becomes like a, you know, a next next highest paid player in the sport. Right. That could be an option, but like, or the team players we talking about, like Caulfield, Zegris, you know, Spencer Knight, Most Sider, like Cam York, like all these young kids who kind of are showing their little spark. It could be you know something big, and uh, Owen Owen Power, another example. Um, you know, are they like in a couple years going to be doing what Nathan McKinnon does? Or like, I mean, it's going to be hard to top what Connor McDavid does. Like, right. That dude is on another planet. He's he's a monster to be honest, but yeah, no, I hear you. And 
maybe it's just wishful thinking what I'm thinking about. But Adam, what what do you think? I'm a little, uh, I guess, tainted because I've listened to the conversations about this since I heard it on the podcast and everything. So I've gotten other people's opinions before I could really truly formulate my own. But the general feeling is like this could be something like what we saw in the NBA when they jumped from a $70 million cap hit in 2015-16 to a $94 million cap in 16-17, uh, where that, that was the year in the summer where you saw these massive deals going to all these players. Stars were making buttloads of money, and you really kind of started seeing these superstar teams being built. Um, I'm thinking like the Miami Heat with uh, LeBron, D-Wade, and insert other player name right here. Chris Bosh. Thank you. Chris uh, Bosh. I love Chris Bosh. And basketball sucks anyways. Go on. Yeah, I don't follow, but those are, you know, that, that's what I think of when I think of, you know, the start of these super teams starting to really be built. Or even like what uh, Golden State has now. So the feeling is that, A, leading into 2025-2026, you're going to see teams signing players to smaller deals to maximize the amount of cap they'll have going into that time period. And then you'll see massive payouts going to whoever wants them. Um, I don't know any of the star players that would be up around that time, but Fish brought up like Zegris Caulfield. I could easily see those guys making little less, if not around. Maybe Connor McDavid money because McDavid's making what 10, 11 mil right now? I'm not sure. Let me look. I want to say if I had to put money on it, he's making 10.7. His contract, he's making 12.5. But so, yeah, I could see guys like Zegris and Caulfield making something like that by 2025 if they stick to the pace that they have set these last two years. Um, guys like McDavid, because actually I'm looking at him, he'll be up the year after or the year that that contract goes up. He easily could make 15, 16, 17 million, maybe 20, which would be insane. Um, so it's, it's going to be, uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams doing what you want, Bing, where they kind of fill out and mold and smooth the teams to a, a well-oiled machine. I think you're going to see more teams, think in Vegas, go superstar team, we want a cup every single year. Yeah, I kind of am inclined to agree with you. Like I said, I think it was mostly wishful thinking what I came up with there, but I feel like we're all a bit cynical uh, I think, about you know people I making mean, money. You look at the likes of Arizona and Buffalo who hate to spend right at ceiling. Those are teams I can see unless their ownership drastically changes in the next three to four years, which is possible. Um, but I feel like those are the kind of teams you'll see kind of go the, the fill out and kind of, you know, round everything off nicely. Teams like Vegas, Tampa, maybe Pittsburgh, unless they decide they want to change course. I think those are the teams that are going to go full superstar build and do the best they can to stay at the top of the, the table. Right. Right. Well, Hey, we get to look forward to that in the next coming years. So we're going to see how that impacts the league as a whole. However, as of right now, the league is being impacted as we speak, as the Stanley cup finals have been decided, it is going to be the contest between the Colorado avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, now, did we all think Tampa was going to win this series? Yes. Did yeah. we all think it was going to look as depressing as it did as no bounces went for the Rangers? Nothing ever seemed right for the Rangers going down the stretch. They went up two games to nothing and then lost four straight in relatively ugly fashion, unfortunately. Uh, however, you know... All things considered, I think we all saw this coming, no? Well, I mean, crazy series. Like, let's talk about the conference final, how it played out. I mean, the Rangers completely going after Vasilevsky and just getting to him in the first two games. Yep. But you know what I really think might have been a true switch? I know it's, like, not in the play. I think it was that MSG crowd screaming at the top of their lungs, 
Igor's better. And yeah, yeah. I I think it just tricked his head like, oh, he's not. And then Igor going in post game conference and being like, yeah, Andre Vasilevsky is definitely better than me. And then but he knows the reality. And then <laughs> he's like, he knows the yeah. reality. But then you basically tell your opponent, like, yeah, I am better than you. Like, flip of a switch. Yeah. I mean, you never want to poke the bear that is Andre Vasilevsky at all. The cat. A little fun fact for you folks here uh, Lightning versus Avalanche is the first Stanley Cup final in NHL history to feature <laughs> two teams that don't end in the letter S. It is also only the second time in the history of the four major U.S. sports. That this has been the case, a stat that exists, but one that does not matter. Um, you know, no, just, it does matter. I it doesn't. No, I said oh. stat, stats that do matter. Go ahead. Vasilevsky's last eight series clinching numbers. It's honestly two. grotesque. It's, two. it's disgusting. It's a, it's a two, point, right? point two five goals against. Yeah. A point nine nine one save percentage. And a measly six shutouts in the last eight series clinching wins. That's ridiculous. Why is it this man? Like, I, it's like Andre Vasilevsky is just an incredible goaltender all the time. But then you tell him, hey, like, he's a really good goaltender all the yeah, time. Yeah. He's a really good goaltender all the time. But then you tell him, like, hey, your job's going to pretty much stop once, uh, you know, if you lose this game. And he's like, excuse me? No, 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 no. I work is what I do this is my living. I'm going to keep playing. And then he just does that in, in elimination. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I don't even know how to begin to fathom it, but here we are. Nonetheless, um, let's talk about some key points here going into the Stanley cup finals. The avalanche are going to have the return of Philip Grubauer, which could prove to be massive as he was their starter for most of the year. Um, that no, you're thinking Darcy Kemper. Sorry. Sorry. Grubauer's in Seattle. That's why I was like, wait a minute. What? Darcy Kemper. My bad. Uh, yeah, hey, it's we easily get confused get around these parts. I get it. Um, but he was mostly, you know, their starter for most of the year. Um, and they, this could prove to be incredibly pivotal. Now, are you going to win the goaltending battle in this series for Colorado? No, you're just not. That's not going to happen. Uh, not when Andre Vasilevsky's on the other end. There. Unless an injury happens. Unless an injury happens, which it could, but now I'm going to knock on wood because that would just kind of kill the, yeah. the coolness but, of the series. But but hockey's hockey and injuries here's, happen. Here's yeah. a question. Yeah. Who the hell is the backup for Andre Vasilevsky? Uh, uh, uh. Excuse me. Okay, thank you. Moose. Big Moose. All right. Big it's Ryan Elliott, the He's man, the myth, the legend. Andre Vasilevsky is like the only goaltender Tampa has. And then there's Brian Elliott. Excuse me, sir. You mean one of the most reliable backups to ever strap up some pads? Okay, yes, yeah, sure. But if you're yeah. not a Flyers fan, yeah. do you, watch your do you mouth. think anyone else would have answered watch, that question? Because I think myself good. Blues fans, watch your moose slander. Blues watch fans, your moose slander. Blues fans loved moose. How do you he not love Moose? Likeable guy. He was a yeah, he's a really likable dude. But likable guy, always reliable. You know what you're getting from him night in and night out. When he was no, in no. the time, man, he would just run into you know Kane and Taves, and you know, he was putting great numbers up, but they would always get the best of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's he tough was when you play for St. Louis and then you are literally smack dab in the Chicago era, basically. But uh, nonetheless, it looks like the Colorado Avalanche are going to be getting back one of their goaltenders, which is massive. And it looks like Braden Point's going to be a maybe. A lot of people were saying that it was just a hard no going into the finals. But it looks like Braden Point, there's a chance that he actually makes it into the Stanley Cup finals, which would be massive for this Tampa team. Yes, but at the same time, they don't seem like they're missing him that much. They really don't need him, let's be honest. They do, man. Like when you have a gamer like that, like it is such a it's such a delight to have. He's just oh, yeah, no, like He's sure. showtime in the playoffs, man. It's like show like but everybody player, on that roster is yeah. showtime in the playoffs. Literally everybody. I, even you could you could grab the athletic trainer off the bench, guarantee you he scores twice for no reason. Probably not. But uh, probably Patrick, not, you know, in my, in my head in my theories. But brain point is has shown to be their biggest playoff 
contributor. Right. Over the, cor- over the course of their run these yeah. past three years, Brain Point has been their biggest Showtime guy. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's just when you're that deep, you know, injuries affect you less than with other teams. Now, granted, injuries suck in hockey and losing Braden Point is still massive in, and getting him back would be great for this roster. Right now, that roster is not even thinking about it. There's not even an iota of thought that Braden Point missing could be an impact. It's not an impact to these guys. They don't care. They just win hockey games, which is nuts. I think- I think uh, we do need to just fly, give full respects to like this team has won eleven straight playoff series, like right. unheard of. Like right. John Cooper has changed the sport, but let's let's look at their leader, Steven Stamkos. Like for all his career, he's been, you know, basically aligned with Crosby as being like a, a real franchise guy that can is going to be in the top of the league in points and goals every single year. And he stayed with them and then he stayed on that path and then he broke his leg and yep. then he was out for a year. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, Sidney Crosby had his concussions, but he still showed that he's, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. But Steven Stamkos, he's really making a debate that he should be on that list of greatest greatest players in history of hockey because the reason i it's not that i have an issue with that sure you could consider him one of the greatest players of all time i want to say steven stamkos might be one of the best leaders of all time that's a good point yeah he's been a captain for that team for the longest time not just a captain but he's lived and died and then come to life in this Stanley Cup era. Yeah. That is what the Lightning are. You know, there were those years where it was like, are they going to move away from Stammer? Is he really the answer moving forward? This team continues to flop in 20, the playoffs. 2019 when they got with swept. Them. Yeah. When they got yeah. swept, everyone wanted to blow it up. Yep. And now here we are going on three championships later. And, you know, at the time, Stevie Y was the – was uh, what hockey operations or was he the GM? I forget. GM. GM. Sure. Stevie, Stevie Y was the GM, and he stuck with it because he knew what Steven Stamkos was. Is he always going to, like – is he going to do OV and Crosby-type stuff, score Hatties night in, night out, be an absolute fireball out there on the ice, energizer, bunny-type guy? Maybe not. Maybe not every night. But what you are going to get from Steven Stamkos night in and night out is a leader and a good leader. Absolutely. I think and that's what he is. In this series, I think he's the best leader. I think in the entire NHL, he might be second only to Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, and, you know, Patrice Bergeron is probably one of the best leaders. In, he could be <laughs> the best leader in hockey history. You, you in could my go eyes. through that list and you could be like, oh, yeah, he's up there. Like, Obi's up there. Crosby, Crosby gets love, you know, and that's just this generation. Great leaders, uh, Jonathan Taves. He was a great, he's been a great leader in Chicago. Taves uh, is a good one. I don't know why, like, Ophie and Crosby are good, and I, I see them as captain material, but at the same time, I don't see them as like the like a Patrice Bergeron or a Steven Samkos. I don't know why, maybe it's just because they've got too much of a star factor well, on them, right? And I think what you're what kind of you're saying is. They're a they're a show you how it's done leader, where mm. Patrice and Stammer are more like I'm going to lead you. I'm not yeah. going to be able to provide night in night out. The, the other defense is going to lock me down and everything, and that's how they're going to game plan it. But I will lead you to victory if you just give me the opportunity. You know? Yeah, I, I think that that sums it up pretty nicely, actually. Yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, he's just an incredible leader. And he showed in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, scoring twice, scoring the only two goals that Tampa needed to get the series done, scoring two times. I was so upset that I missed that game and only got to see 40 seconds of it because people in front of me did not know how to drive. Well, I mean, look where you live, buddy. (laughs) True, yes. But at the same time, I did everything in my power to avoid those people, and I still found those people. It was amazing. You are amongst New Jersey and New Yorkans, okay? Like, you're, especially in the summer, in the neither know how to drive. You're in the blender. Yeah, you're in the worst blender known to Pennsylvania. I am in what they call the Hocus Poconos, where you go and you never come back. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how you two got out, honestly. Because uh, all we did was go to college there. That's all. Fair enough. I miss, um, you, I miss you, buddy. I, I really miss you. I miss, I miss you a lot of people up there. It's a. Uh, not many people left. Yeah. No, not many. Not many left up there, to be honest. You're the only one. <laughs> but uh, in order to gear up even more for the Stanley Cup final, which will begin uh, the night you're listening to it, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, it, um, Let's look at some of the betting odds that Ooh. lovely Vegas has put together this, for us. Can this be the return of the BBC? <laughs> I guess a little bit, but we're gonna it's gonna be more of a conversation than me ranting about how I think that horrible bets will go right and never going right. So it's um, in the corner, it's just the bing. You put the pressure on yourself, Bing. I did. I put the pressure on myself to, you know, pick the you know, the big bets, and then I I turned out to basically be a fade. So I mean it, it is what it is. It happens. Uh, for those of you that don't know, engaged man, so. for those of you that don't know, word of the day: fade. If somebody who gives you betting odds is consistently wrong, they are a fade. You do not go with their bets. I turned into a fade during the BBC, so I stopped doing it um, just because it was slightly embarrassing to. Uh, I hit fade, fades in golf. Yeah, well, I I hit I hit heavy slices, so you know <laughs> one of the same. Um, the only, but, only fade I know is the hairstyle. I can't see Ben. So. Well, there you go. Uh, but let's <laughs> talk about some of these odds here. The Stanley Cup 2021-2022 outright winner odds in the favor of Colorado, minus 175, Tampa plus 150. If you are somebody like myself who has seen what Tampa has been able to accomplish here in these playoffs alone, you're looking at plus 150 and going, that's easy money. Yeah, really. That is easy money. Um, that's just if they win it all, right? Not like yes, yeah, so that's the outright. All they gotta do is win the whole thing, right? Okay, that's not bad at all. Mm-mm. Ten dollars gets you fifteen. Hey yo, that's how that works. That is how that works. Yes. What the fuck? All right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, but that is that is how the odds are shaped up that way. Let's let's talk about some of the other funsies here. How about Con Smythe Trophy winner? I want you guys to uh, ask yourselves what you think the odds are for the Con Smythe. Well, I can guess. I can easily guess the first two. Okay. Top two, and that's Vasilevsky and Kale McCarr. Like those are like top two, unless it's McKinnon. Uh, it is. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till Adam says something. Adam, you go right ahead. What do you want? My top one or my top two? I want I want your top eh, top two since uh top two since uh, he gave it to me. Vasilevsky has got to be up there, and I don't say Stammer. All righty, well the top two are actually Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. Oh really? Who is watching? I guess you playoffs? could you could really say I mean they've only lost two games, so that's a. Two games. They've only lost I mean, two fair, games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Vasilevsky. Um, yeah, but it's that's a big that's a big surprise. Just I mean, how, how great Vasilevsky's been able to turn it on, being able to sweep Florida, like completely. Everyone's like, "Oh man, let's see this series. Let's see this series." Nope, Vasilevsky completely shut them down. Only let up yeah. three goals in the whole series. Now, Andre Vasilevsky, by the way, is in third. So, oh, yeah. you know, let's let's not get lost in that sauce here. Yes, he's, he's there, good. but I don't, I feel like McKinnon's – he's good, but I also feel like he's been, for lack of a better way of putting it, almost non-existent in this run. Like, I, don't know, I don't know about that. He scored some big highlight goals, including, right, no, a, hat trick, including a hat trick. My point being, like, building. when I've watched – the Colorado series, or when I hear people talk about the Colorado series, McKinnon isn't the first name out of people's mouths. It's usually Kale McCarr. Well, for good reason. Kale McCarr has I, been has that I mean. guy all year. I would flip, if I was the odds makers, I would almost flip McKinnon with Vasilevsky. Um, I I mean, it's close. Don't get me wrong. So the odds right now for um, Kale McCarr is plus 180. Nathan McKinnon's plus 210. And Andre Vasilevsky is plus four hundred, so it's it's close, not super close, but close nonetheless. 
I'll take your word for it because these numbers are hurting my brain. No, they're just numbers, buddy, with some pluses and minus yeah. in front of it. Don't worry about it. Just put I don't money like down. numbers. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like numbers. But one through um, ten is where I stop. But the uh, the odds get uh, a bit weird after that because it jumps from plus four hundred to plus fifteen for Miko Rantanen and Steven Stamkos. So I mean, the Con Smythe they're saying is pretty much amongst three dudes, now, and two of them are Avalanche. That's a fair assumption. I mean, it is a fair assumption, but I have uh, to ask, it's not completely out of this realm that a non-active player wins the Con Smythe, correct? Like somebody that's been eliminated can still win the Con Smythe. Yeah, that has happened before, I think, right? I believe it has. I don't think it's happened. Mark was it Mark Andre Fleury that did it? Hold on. Now I need to look up. I feel like that's happened before. Stanley Cup final players to win MVP. Uh, five players who have done it according to Bar Down. Uh, 66, 76, 2003. It might have been 2003 is the last time it's happened. Who was it? J.S. Gujer. Uh, G- 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 Jay Shiger, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. To bar down. Interesting. That was after losing the Stanley Cup final. So I don't yeah. done it not being in the final. But the fact of, of the matter being is if that is a a case that can be made, I would like to throw a tie into the ring. Oh. And say Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl should 100% win. Um, they should definitely be in the running. I agree with you, but it really always depends on how the Stanley Cup Finals actually plays out. It's like an incredibly boring series with not a whole lot of action. Then that is that is for sure a possibility. But do I expect this series to be boring? Absolutely no. not. So to finish off this episode, gentlemen, our picks as okay. we must do. Who would like the honor, nay, the privilege, of going first? Give it to fish. Fish, you go right ahead, buddy. Hi, right, boys. I've been really thinking about this hard because this is going to be a great series, and a lot can happen. A lot can really happen. My Stanley Cup final at the beginning of the playoffs was Colorado, Carolina. I thought Tampa was going to get to the conference final, and the Hurricanes were going to be able to, to demolish them. Not the case. I was wrong. I love being wrong. We were looking at a Colorado-Tampa Stanley Cup final. Lock can go, lock and go different ways. Vasilevsky could easily steal this series, but I'm going to stick with my pick at the beginning of the playoffs, and I think Colorado will take it. Now, now breaking down this series, it has to really start game one because I it's, we all know the stats when the Tampa Bay Lightning getting to a, a series closing game. They're almost – they're just about unbeatable. Just about unbeatable. Pretty so much, yeah. I have – I have Colorado in five. In five? In five. I'm not going to say it's, like, big – I think it's going to be a close series, but you're going to get some, like, late game heroics, like Colorado, Colorado completely steals a game out of Tampa's hands. And just good boom. Now, I was in between five and six. Like I said, I, if in order for Colorado to win, Tampa cannot get to a series closing game. Can't get there. So, I think, I think uh, you see, you know, you know Landeskog, McKinnon, McCarr, their leaders continuously be their leaders. And continuously tribute, and I think you see like guys like Kucherov kind of you know stay kind of out there for mistakes, and you know I I have Victor Hedman will play. I I got pretty good confidence. You know he he does seem a little banged up, but then again everybody is. Everybody's um, banged up. It's the yeah. finals. <laughs> but um, like and all this how I'm preaching how Colorado is going to win this series. 
Andre Vasilevsky could easily shut this team down and just win another Conn Smythe and show he's the best goalie in the world because yep. goaltenders, when they're uh, unbeatable, it's, it's, you know, it's a set in stone. Like, right. It gets in your head and it just becomes a mountain. It's just like a mental mountain when you can't beat a goaltender. Um, but then again, I think this team will have a chance to really get after him. I think they have a good chance of drawing penalties against Tampa and getting on that special teams. And uh, I'll go Tam. I'll go uh, Colorado in five. Yeah. Okay. All right. Five is. I, I know. I know. Tough one. I wanted to go That's more. Bold. But it is bold. The, yes, it is bold. Um, I'm. <sighs> My head wants to say Tampa in six. My heart wants Colorado in six. And I'm going to follow my heart here. I'm going to say Colorado in six. You always do. I always do. And it always seems to backfire on me, too. It does. You're um, wrong. <laughs> You're wrong I'm sometimes. wrong frequently. But, uh, yeah, you know. I feel you, brother. Tell me your feelings. <sighs> yeah. I'm I, I, with you. I want to say Colorado in six because I just think that they're that well-built of a team. Right. I think they're that well built of a team and that well put together for them to be the ones that end the reign that is Tampa. I just, I think they're that well put together myself. Um, I really don't have any other explanation to that. Adam, how about you? I struggled to come up with who was going to win the series. Um, the more I, I thought about it, the more. Like every time I'd say, oh, Colorado could do it. And then I remembered it's Tampa. And then I would say, oh, well, then, you know, Tampa would do this. But then it'd be a series clincher. And we all know how they do in series clinchers. True. So I'm going Tampa Bay in seven. Tampa Bay in seven. I mean, that's the smart pick. That is the smart pick. I like to um, think I'm pretty smart, but I see. <laughs> You are a I, smart I, buddy. Uh, don't put that. Hey, I mean, you're, guy. you're usually the smartest guy on this podcast. Ah, uh, don't don't say that. That's I, it's true. It's true. Um, but I thank you. Um, I'm not arguing. Looking at it, looking at it uh, I see where Bing's coming from. That they, they look like a well built team in Colorado, but for whatever reason, I still feel like they're in their Washington Capital phase. But the difference being that they, they found a way into the cup final, which is why I struggled, because if they are, in fact, in their Washington capital phase, this is the year they win the cup. Right. But it, it's Tampa, baby. Any other team but Tampa, I think I would have said Colorado in six, maybe five. But with Tampa and Vasilevsky in net, uh, Tampa Bay is going for the three-peat, and I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to, you know, this is a really tough series to figure out which way it could swing because it could go both, you know, but uh, the more you think about it, the more it hurts your brain. So how about instead we just watch and enjoy along with everyone? Let's just watch and enjoy. Unless you gentlemen have any other further news of note, this will conclude this week. Uh, did we want to talk about the thing you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, the, the major life event that happened to you, Mr. Bingaman? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Um, I Last Sunday, I got engaged. Um, yeah, so asked yeah. the question. Um, what was that? You asked the question. I did. I asked the question, uh, got down the old knee. I am an engaged man now. Um, but, uh, yeah, starting the wedding planning process and stuff like that is uh, it's weird. It's a weird I can imagine. It's strange to think about because you never like you knew eventually you would get there, but like you're there and you're like, oh, okay, so this is a thing now. We're we're now doing I have to figure huh. out where do I put my idiot friends at what table and how do I make yeah they don't get too drunk and rowdy. I mean, right now we don't even have a table, so you know, well, we still got to go. find a venue. Um, but we're working on that, and that's super Good luck exciting. To you, too. Good luck Thank you, too. thank you so much, gentlemen. Well, um, that ought to do it for this week's episode. Uh, one more fish, thing, um, you uh, know, fish. just a little, uh, you know, uh, Philadelphia hockey 
uh, congratulations. You know, you had a, a couple news that some, uh, you know, fly, uh, Flyers rider, Philadelphia rider for the Flyers, uh, Al Morgani, who's been around in the city a whole long time, and uh, former Flyer, Broad Street Bullies, Stanley Cup champion, and famous broadcaster Bill Clement are both going into the Hockey Hall of Fame this upcoming induction ceremony. And that's yeah. you know, unbelievable to hear, especially for Morgani, you know, being a Boston guy, coming down to Philly right around, I think, when uh, Lindros got here is when uh, Morgani uh, arrived. I think that was when. It could be a little that earlier. Sounds, that sounds about right. Could have been a little bit earlier, but, you know, he they uh, broke the news to him on uh, the morning show on WIP. They had uh, Frank Saravelli call in. And they oh, pranked yeah? him. They pranked him. They were going to oh. say that he had some breaking news about the Flyers coaching and then said, oh, nope. Uh, Al Morgani, uh, congratulations. And, uh, oh. yeah. Yeah, that's feel-good stuff right there. Um, yes, congratulations, Bill Clement. Bill Clement. Bill Clement, you know, he's a Broad Street bully. Like, I'm one of the most lovable guys you can ever, ever meet. Great guy. Yes. Uh, very exciting times here in Philadelphia for our broadcasting folk. Kind of kind of cool to see uh, them get the uh, the nod from the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster and a, um, I believe, writer slash reporter for Morgani. But uh, congratulations to them. And gentlemen, as always, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, at OTPP Pod on both of those. And uh, Adam, you want to plug the old Twitch? You were twitching yeah, today. Sure, I was twitching today, and good lord, did I have a lot of fun! Uh, Twitch.tv/slash on the power play. Uh, I'm thinking Tuesdays at four seem to be the best way to do things, and I think instead of me playing it, I'm just going to call games like. Um, doc emmerich or something i don't know nice. there you go man nice uh did the the uh vod video on demand is on the channel right now saved as a highlight you can catch the jacksonville interstellars taking on the seattle kraken in a barn burner could have gone to overtime maybe even a shootout who knows you have to tune in to find out but i had a lot of fun and uh this is something i think i'm gonna really enjoy doing getting back uh into the commentary chops because i missed it i missed it a lot actually yeah guys go support us on twitch adam has a lot of fun with it he does a lot of great stuff for this podcast content wise so go support him there and as always thank you so much for listening and we out